wanted to talk about a subject that, and again, when, 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 I, when I look at subjects in the Bible, it's kind of like what I'm studying, you know, in the last week or things, you know, I'm thinking about, or we've had a Bible study in Tyler that touches upon uh, these issues. And so the question I want to ask, and, and, and hopefully we'll answer with Scripture, uh, you don't, I guess you don't want my opinion, we'll, we'll look at what, what Scripture has to say, is why is faith important to God? So we're going to look at the question, why is faith important to God? So one of the key components, if you look at our doctrines, the Church of God International, is that we teach that salvation comes by faith in Jesus Christ. We do not teach that salvation comes from keeping God's law, although keeping God's law <laughs> is a part of what we teach. And so we'll have to get into the, uh, the subtleties of how, how that works. So why, do, why does God, and we're going to look at the scriptures, why does God emphasize faith rather than keeping the law for, for, for salvation. So I guess the first scripture to kind of to explore, explore this subject is Ephesians chapter 2. Uh, in Ephesians chapter 2, and just a couple of verses, Ephesians chapter 2 verse 8 tells us, For by grace you have been saved through faith. So we're saved by grace and we're saved by faith. And not of yourselves. So he tells you know the law. There's, there's nothing that I'm doing that is that's part of my salvation. It's not of yourselves. It is the gift of God, God's gift, not of works, lest anyone should boast. And God is God is gracious. God's gifts that He gives to us are, are numerous, and we, we should be you know praise Him all the time for all the gifts He gives us. And that and, and, and faith is a gift, and His salvation He gives to us is a gift. Let's look in Galatians, Galatians chapter 3. And this is kind of where we'll, we'll, we'll spend a little bit of time in Galatians chapter 3. Because again, Galatians, a lot of people try to teach that Galatians uh, was, was, was God doing away with the law. And again, when we, when we talk about faith, it has nothing to do with that. And again, this completely <laughs> misunderstanding of, of, of what God is doing, what God's been doing uh, from the beginning. So let's look at it. Because he does talk about faith and the importance of faith. Uh, Galatians chapter 3, and we're looking at verse 21. He says, is, the, is then the law, is the law then against the promises of God? And he says, certainly not. Uh, in my version, I think some versions say absolutely not. Some versions say God forbid. So, there, you know, so he's saying, no, the law is not against God's promises. He says, for if there had been a law given which could have given life, Truly, righteousness would have been by the law. And so this is obvious, uh, that God's law is beneficial to us as Christians. But for some reason, God does not put an importance to it, at least what we read in Scripture, on our salvation. And to my mind, to the human mind, I don't know if that makes sense to me. Because I'm thinking, if I do good things, I should get, you know, God should like that. God should like that I do good things, <laughs> that, I, that I obey him and, and keep his law. So why wouldn't he want to give salvation based on obedience? Let's read verse 22. Verse, verse 22 here. It says, But the Scripture has confined all under sin. All under sin. And I guess that's probably one of the best reasons is that with God's law, We've all broken it. <laughs> We've all broken it 
today, I'm sure, at some point, and we break it, you know, because of our, our nature, we break God's law. So we're all, the scriptures confine all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. So there's two things we see here in verse 22. The promise is by faith in Jesus, and second, is given to those who believe. And so in, in this right here, we actually have two English words, faith, and we have the English word believe. And these are actually two different Greek words. And uh, generally, people use these, these words interchangeably. And there's nothing wrong with using it interchangeably. I do it in you know, common uh, times because I could say, I believe in Jesus, right? When I say, I believe in Jesus, you say, oh, well, he has faith in Jesus. We kind of use these interchangeably. And, and we can agree, you know, based on the person, oh, yeah, the person says, I believe in Jesus, he has faith in Jesus. But when we look at the biblical, we look at biblical definition, when we look at what faith, what God's word says faith is, we have to see, is there a definition of biblical faith in, in God's word? Because, again, we want to answer the question, why is faith important to God? So the biblical definition, how does it differ simply from belief? And it, and it, and it is different. And, again, I gave this sermon before, and someone someone. Uh, didn't quite understand, so I'm trying to make it clear that oh, they said, oh, you're just talking semantics. You know, faith, belief, it's the, it's the same thing. Like, well, let's see what the Bible says, and we'll see, see what the point is. Why, and again, the question is, why is faith important to God? So James chapter 2, let's look at James chapter 2, because James talks about faith. And some people would try to tell you, well, James, he's telling you something different than what Paul is telling us in Galatians. It's like, no, he's, he's telling us the same thing, he's talking, but he talks about faith, and he talks about it from a different angle. So in James chapter 2, verse 14, he says, What does it profit, my brethren, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can faith save him? Now, we just read, <laughs> right? We just read in Galatians and uh, in Ephesians that Faith in Jesus does. That, that's where our salvation comes from. And so I looked it up because I have my, my little, I got my computer and I got the little strongs. I said, well, is that the same word that, that we read in Galatians that, that, we, that we read here? The same Greek word. And it is. It's the exact same word that's used here for faith. So is he contradicting Paul in this? Well, for verse 15, he says, If a brother or sister is naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you says to them, Depart in peace, be warmed and filled. That's, a, that's a kind of a cruel thing to do. You know, someone's, someone's hungry and, and, and needs clothing, but yeah, you know, depart in peace, be warm and filled. But you do not give them the things which are needed for the body, what does it profit? So he's given this, this, this extreme example, and he says, Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. And so so when, he, when he talks about dead faith, is it really not real faith? Or is he saying here that faith is only real if it, there's some works that accompany the faith, that there can actually be faith <laughs> that does not save or, or, or belief? Verse 18, he says, But someone will say, You have faith and I have works. And he says, Show me your faith without your works. 
and I will show you my faith by my works. So you believe that there is one God, and you do well, right? It's a good thing that, that people believe in God. But he says, even the demons believe and tremble. And, so, and that word for believe is a different word than faith. So, so there's, 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 again, again, it's a subtle, a subtle difference. So, the, so the, the same word that Paul uses we have here that James uses. So the faith, the Greek word is the word pistis. Again, I'm using my, uh, my southern Greek, so that's probably how, how, we, how we pronounce it in southern Greek. So pistis is the southern, uh, and, and the Greek word for believe is the word pistuo. Again, I probably butchered that again. But so it's, again, you got pistis and pistuo. And I have, it, I have it phonetically put out here so I can do it, but still. <laughs> so those two words for, for, for belief and faith are very similar. They're, they're, they're based upon the same root word. And again, so similar that, that we use, like I said, we use them interchangeably. So I believe in Jesus. That means I have faith in Jesus. And so James understood this. So when James is writing this letter, there's people out there who probably misunderstood Paul. And so, yeah, so I believe in Jesus. He says, he says, you don't get it. He said, even the demons believe. And if you don't have the works, that faith is dead, or it's not, I would say, it's not, it's not faith. So why is faith important to God? And again, and so, so when we talk about faith, there's that belief aspect of faith. And I, and I would say, well, is, 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 that, is that what's important about faith? Again, that's, it's important. To, don't get me wrong. It's definitely important that we believe in Jesus. But that doesn't do nothing for us, just believing that Jesus existed. Uh, and, you know, th- think about it. Because God, he, he, he sent his son to, to live, among, live among us. He sent his son to live among us, be human. He gave, evidence, he gave us evidence when, when Christ was here and he performed miracles. Uh, the disciples, they actually witnessed these miracles. And so they wrote it down and then they told others. And so they all were eyewitnesses. They were eyewitnesses that Christ died, was three days and three nights in the tomb, and he was resurrected. They saw it, they wrote it down. And so they, we have eyewitness accounts historical accounts that are there for anyone to look up. And so, so if you look at history, you, you, I don't, you have to believe. I, th- I think it's like this evidence is, uh, is there that, that Christ was resurrected. There's evidence in creation. But the thing is, you can believe all of that, and that's not really the biblical, that's not biblical faith to believe that. Because think about this, at the second resurrection, I, I look at, you know, into the future, the second resurrection, when we talk about the second resurrection, how easy it will it be for someone in the second resurrection to believe that Jesus exists? <laughs> It'd be pretty easy, won't it? Right? Because he'll be right there. <laughs> or when Christ returns, right? Christ returns and the kingdom is here on earth. Is there going to be anybody on the world who's going to tell you, well, that Jesus doesn't exist? No, he's in Jerusalem. He's got saints that are all over the, all the world. Or we think about Israel, right? These the Israelites, they walked through the, the Red Sea. It parted. They saw these miracles happen. They were walking, and every, every day they could look, and they could see like a, like a cloud over their tents. And they could see at night it was flaming fire. So they believed in God, but they didn't have faith in God a lot. They didn't, they didn't put their faith in God. So again, there's, there's a subtle difference. And we're asking the question, why is, it, why is faith important to God? So back in Galatians 3, verse 22, 
but the scripture, the scripture has confined all under sin that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. So the promise of faith is beyond the belief. Belief, that's basic. You know, I believe in Jesus. Good for you. <laughs> but, but faith is so much more, more than that. Verse 23. Verse 23. But before faith came, before faith came, we were kept guard by the law, kept for the faith, which would afterward be revealed. So, so this, this right here, and I want to explain something uh, in verse 23. A lot of people do not understand this verse. If, if, we, if you look in commentaries or what, what most people teach about this, they teach an idea uh, known as dispensationalism. Uh, maybe you're familiar with dispensationalism. Either you either heard the word, oh, I heard that word once, you know, or the idea, understand the idea of dispensationalism. And basically, dispensationalism is that some people believe, and they mistakenly believe, that God has different rules for different people. They have, so, in other words, they say Adam and Eve, they had one set of rules. And, and then before Noah, there was this other set of rules. I think they call it like the Noahide laws. There's this other set of rules for people be, be, before Noah. And after God gave the law to Israel, well, then they had a, a set of rules that they had to, to, to obey. The dispensationalists, they actually believe that Israel earned their salvation by keeping the law and that now we're under this dispensation of grace so that we can now ignore the law and it's just faith. So, that, so, that's that, and so, so, they, so they say there's different things for different people. And again, sometimes we can get these ideas and this is called dispensationalism. Uh, anybody have a Schofield Bible or are familiar with the Schofield Bible? You've probably heard of the Schofield Bible. You can go to the, the bookstore and you can find you know, some Schofield Bibles. So Cyrus Ingerson Schofield uh, who, who, who was, uh, you know, he wrote the Schofield Bible, has you know, a lot of good notes in there. Uh, but his teaching on dispensationalism made it very, and again, he was probably teaching that about the time this church was built, right? This church was back, you know, in, in, the, in the late 1800s. He was teaching dispensationalism. And so I, I want to quote uh, from, from one of his, uh, his books about dispensation. So, so, so uh, Cyrus Schofield, he says, as a dispensation... Grace begins with the death and resurrection of Christ. The point of testing is no longer legal obedience as a condition of salvation, but acceptance or rejection of Christ with good works as a fruit of salvation. So again, this is a very dangerous understanding because he's trying to say that Israel had one set of rules and now we have a different set of rules. So their set of rules is they, had to earn, they were going to earn their salvation through keeping the law, and now we're just going to have faith, and maybe we'll have some good works to, uh, to accompany, it, accompany that. But I know from Hebrews 13.8 that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. So, that, so, so having a dispensation of law or a dispensation of grace completely misunderstands what we're reading here in Galatians in verse 23, Very, this is wrong. Because this is not, in, in Galatians 23, when it says before faith came, this is not a statement about dispensations. This is not a statement about something that, that, that now happened. This is a personal statement. This is something, this is says, 
something about us individually, right? Before faith came in our life, right? Before faith came in our life, we were kept under guard by the law. The law said, said you're guilty. You have broken God's laws. You're guilty before the, you know, the Father. What are you going to do about it? So we were kept for the faith which would afterward be revealed. And it's that faith that we have where the process of salvation begins of entering God's kingdom. Have you ever heard of the sinner's prayer? Uh, the sinner's prayer, uh, very popular. Uh, Billy Graham and big evangelists would go and do you know, a sinner's prayer. Uh, there, I was actually invited to be a part of like a big evangelistic campaign in Tyler that they're going to do with all the churches. And, and, as, and, I, and I was talking to the guy about it. I was like, oh, okay. But I, I don't think they go far enough in how they teach about Christ. Because in the sinner's prayer, and I'll give you the example of the sinner's prayer, this is what they ask people, right, when they ask people to believe in Christ. Right, I want you to believe in Christ, and here's what you're going to say. So this is the example. This comes, uh, this is the example uh, used in Crusades. And, and, and again, nothing wrong with the words of this, because if you mean this, that's, good, that's, that's great. But here's what they ask people to say, and, and they you know, this might be on a pamphlet. I usually would find these pamphlets sometimes in, in restrooms. Like, oh, this is a nice little pamphlet, and this, this would be at the very end after all the little comic strip and stuff. So here's the example. It says, Dear Lord Jesus, I know that I am a sinner, and I ask for your forgiveness. I believe you died for my sins and rose from the dead. I turn from my sins and invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust and follow you as my Lord and Savior. And then they say, in Jesus' name. Again, Great words if you mean them. But the thing is, this, this sinner's prayer, again, having this, this thing we tell somebody, just say this. Say it. And if you believe it, you know, that's all you got to do. It's not biblical. Because <laughs> it doesn't explain what true repentance is and true discipleship, right? So God, you know, our relationship with Jesus Christ is not a cookie-cutter relationship. It's not cookie-cutter. It, it is individual, right? Faith comes in your life. Faith comes to my life. He comes to us in different ways. He comes to us, and we come at some point, hopefully, to repentance, obedience, and baptism, and, and, and so forth. So there's an article uh, written in the magazine Christianity Today. So they agree. They agree with me. Right? So again, I didn't think they would agree with me. Uh, but this guy, uh, his name is David Gushy. He wrote in Christianity Today about the sinner's prayer. And here's what he says about it. And I agree with what he says in his commentary. He says... Anyone can, and most Americans do, believe, he puts that in quotation marks, believe in Jesus rather than some alternative Savior. Anyone can, and many Americans sometimes do, say a prayer asking Jesus to save them. But not many embark on a life fully devoted to the love of God, the love of neighbor, the moral practice of God's will, and radical, costly discipleship. And that's what it's about. Radical, costly discipleship. So here we're still in Galatians 3, verse uh, 24. So there, therefore, the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, right? The, the law acts as a way to show us we need Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. Doesn't mean the law doesn't, doesn't apply. It just means that the law doesn't apply that way. 
You know, and, and the word for tutor is like a, like a nanny almost. Like this word tutor is used, uh, this Greek word is kind of like a nanny or a living teacher. So why is faith important? Why is faith important? So again, uh, we believe that, like say the president of our country, right? we believe he exists, right? We believe he exists. Or uh, you have the governor here in Ohio. We believe yeah, there's a governor of Ohio or a mayor of Cleveland. And uh, when, when, whenever the, the mayor or governor or, or president ran for office, some people had to put their faith into that person. Now, you know, the way it is in our country right now, half the people put their faith in it, the other people put their hate into it. You know, it's like it's a, it's a big, you know, difference in, in what people do. There's a very big divide. But again, whatever candidate somebody chooses, right, whether it's on left or right or whatever, they say, you know what? I think what they're saying is right. I think what their policies are going to work, so I put my faith into what they're doing like a political candidate. And there are definitely, you know, you would say hardcore, have be, be called, uh, called hardcore supporters of any candidate, right? They're, I mean, these are the ones like, well, yeah, this, this is my man who's running for whatever office. I'll give him money, right? I'll give him money. Uh, I'll give him my time. Like, say, this is my candidate. I'll go out and put out, you know, I'll go out and put signs out. Right? I'm going to put signs out and let people know this person's running for office because this person's going to make a change. Right? They're going to change things. And you'll defend them no matter what. Right? I don't care what they did. You know, <laughs> this is my man. This is why you've got to believe in him. So they defend the person no matter what. So putting our faith in Jesus is similar, but actually so much more. It's so much important that we, that we trust God. Right? Our money says in God we trust. So trust, or if we think about how we trust a person and we, and we put our efforts into a person, it's so much more with Christ, right? As James would say, not dead faith, living faith. And so in a sense, so I, so I think of my job, my job, I work in Tyler, uh, you know, I, think I work closely with Bill and Margie, and we're, we're working on evangelism. We're working, you know, producing Armor God programs, we're doing webcasts, we got this going on. We want... We are, we are campaigning for Jesus. That's what we're doing. We're campaigning for Jesus. You know, we, we, we end up putting signs outside. We're, we're putting them on the internet. We're putting the word out there. We're telling people, say, this world is messed up, and there's only one, one person who's going to solve it. One God who's going to solve it. Our Savior, Jesus Christ, is going to solve the problem. So we're campaigning for him. Again, when, when, again I talk about faith, and belief, there, I think there is a, that subtle difference to say that you, you know, because some, and one person actually came up to me when I was trying to explain this and said, well, I just believe, if you believe in Jesus, that's enough. All you got to do, believe in Jesus, and that should be enough. And I say, okay, you believe that, but what does Jesus say about it? Jesus says in Matthew 7 and verse 21, so, so, so I'm going to tell, so, so, so tell Jesus this, right? Don't tell me that. Don't tell me that you believe believe in Jesus enough. Tell Jesus that and let Jesus respond to you. And Matthew 7 and verse 21 says, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter into the kingdom of of, of heaven or the kingdom of God. Right? So you can believe. You can can say, "I, I, I have faith in him. But he says... Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven. But he who does the will of my Father in heaven. 
So, so that, that, that's, that's, that's the difference between belief and faith. Belief is, yeah, belief's important. We got to believe in God to start to even be here. But faith is, I believe in him. I believe what he says. He's my, he's my candidate. He's my king. He's the one that I put everything into. But he says, many will say to me in that day, verse 22, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name or cast out demons in your name and done many wonders in your name? And I will declare to them, I never knew you, never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness, who practice disobedience, who are against what God teaches. So Hebrews 11, Hebrews 11. And we're, we're still looking at the question, why is faith important to God? I guess we probably got a, little, probably good, a, lot, a lot of it there, why faith is important to God. But there's, there's even more in Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11 uh, is one of those chapters that you can say, what's the faith chapter? I think everybody here would tell me Hebrews 11, because we know Hebrews 11 deals with faith. Uh, and, and, and he actually gives us a really strong definition, right? So, so, so the difference between this believing and what biblical faith is, we can find right here in the beginning of Hebrews 11. Hebrews 11, verse 1, says, Now faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So this is the faith that God wants from us right here. And there's two aspects that we see in, in this first verse, right? He says, faith is the substance, the essence, the quality of things hoped for. So what are things we should hope for? I, I, we, we, already, we already covered one, like the kingdom of God. Uh, to please our Savior, to, you know, to be his disciple, to do, to do things that God, you know, to serve him. Right? Those are things we should hope for. That should be our hope giving it all, all to Christ. Uh, so, so, and I guess we're all familiar with the parable of the talents. So I'm, I have it all written out here. If I'm looking at my time, I'm not going to be able to go to the parable of the talents. But I'm going to summarize the parable of the talents. So, 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 so basically in Matthew 25, uh, Christ gives the parable about a, about a man who goes away to a far kingdom, and he has servants, and he, so he gives one servant uh, five talents. He gives another servant two talents. And he gives one, a, one, a servant one talent. So that's, I, I think the one talent's the one I want to focus on. Because the one who did five, what did he do? Well, he went and earned five more. The one who, who was given two, he earned two more. So we're going to look in Matthew 25. But we're going to look at verse 24. About the one who had one. Because I want to ask, did the one who received one talent, did he believe the master? I think he believed the master, but he didn't have faith in the master. So that's, that's the difference. Because here's what he says. He says, verse 24, Then he who had received the one talent and said, Lord, I knew you to be a hard man. So it means he understood who he was, right? I knew you were a hard man, reaping where you have not sown, and gathering where you have not scattered seed. So I guess the man who was given one talent, he knew who his master was. He knew what his master expected. That was not, you know, a mystery to him. But what did he do? What did he do? He, what he did, he showed no faith in his master. 
If he had shown faith in his master, he would have done something with that talent. And he says, verse 25, and I was afraid. See, fear, and this is the thing we've got to realize, fear, fear in our life is the opposite of faith. And fear will keep you from reaching your potential with what Christ wants, what wants from us. He says, I was afraid and I hid your talent in the ground and you have what is yours. And he says, verse 26, but his Lord answered and said to him, you wicked and lazy servant. So you knew that I reap where I've not sown and gather where I've not scattered seed. And then he tells them he should have had deposited. And so they say in verse 30, cast them out in the outer darkness. And wherever that is, I don't want to be there in the outer darkness. So the thing is, we have to avoid lazy grace. I like to call it lazy grace, where you say, oh, I have grace. That, don't mean, that means I ain't got to do anything. No, no, that's not what he says. Or avoid lazy faith. Oh, I believe in Christ. That means I, I don't have to do anything. No, it's not, you know, faith is not lazy. Grace is not lazy. It, 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 by its definition, it cannot be lazy. It cannot be that way. Right? So that man, maybe, maybe he believed the master what he was, but he, he exhibited zero faith in his master. So back to Hebrews 11. The two aspects in Hebrews 11, verse 1, right? So he says, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. The substance, the essence, the quality of things hoped for. The two wise servants, they had that. They saw that. Faith is the evidence of things not seen. And the faith we exhibit... Right, so the faith we exhibit is the evidence of God. It's the evidence of God in our lives. It's evidence to others. Evidence of faith. <laughs> right, that, that, so, so, so faith has to have evidence. Hebrews 11, 2. He says, for by it, by what? Faith. The elders obtained a good testimony. So the evidence was their testimony. And so then we're given examples in Hebrews 11. We're given the, the faith of Abel and a sacrifice. So he did something. The faith of Enoch. Uh, verse 5 says, by, by faith Enoch was taken away so he did not see death and was not found because God had taken him. For before he had taken, he had testimony that he pleased God. Verse 6, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is, right, that's the first part, the belief and support. We've got to believe that he is, and also, and that, number two, that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. So that's faith. Faith is diligence. Faith is diligence. And so, and actually, Hebrews 11, it completely destroys dispensationalism, right? It's always been about faith in God. Yes, of course, the law is important. The law is His grace to us that we can obey it and we can, can please Him in the things we do, but it's always been about faith, diligently seeking Him, right? So it goes on, you know, Noah built an ark. That's a lot of faith. <laughs> built an ark. And then we have examples of Abraham, Sarah, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, Moses, Rahab, It says, verse 30, verse 30 here, Hebrews 11, by faith the walls of Jericho fell down after they were encircled for seven days. That's a lot of faith to walk around, walk around and shout. 
Uh, he says, verse 32, what more shall I say? For time would fail me to, t- you know, to tell these things. Verse 33, those who grew faith, subdued kingdoms, worked righteousness, obtained promises, stopped the mouths of lions. We know who that is. Quenched the violence of fire. We know who that is. Escaped the edge of the sword. Out of weakness were made strong, become valiant in battle. And I, I, I've never been in a battle. I've, you know, some of y'all may be in the military, and thank you for that. I've never been in a battle. But being valiant in battle and facing, like, death, because God says, you know, you need to go wipe out these folks because they're not obeying me, and I have a plan for you, and they're valiant in battle. I don't, that, 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 that kind of faith, that, that, that's amazing. To turn the flight to armies of, of the aliens. So women's received their, their dead raised to life again. Others were tortured, not accepting deliverance, that they may obtain a better resurrection. And you know, it says, still others had trials of mockings and scourgings, verse 36, yes, and chains and imprisonment. They were stoned, which, you know, we know some of those. They were sawn in two. Not sure who that was, but that's terrible. <laughs> Being sawn in two. Were tempted, were slain with a sword. Wandered around in sheepskins and goatskins, being destitute, afflicted, tormented, of whom the world was not worthy. And verse 39, and all these, having obtained a good testimony through faith. Again, there's so much in that chapter of, of them, what they did and how they lived their lives and they gave everything to God, to Christ. That is what faith is. All right, so why is faith important to God? I'm going to look in one last little, little verse here. It's in Matthew 17. In Matthew 17. Because then we have another example. And again, these, are, these disciples, they're with Christ. And I always think, well, if I was with Christ, man, imagine what, you know, being with Christ and he's performing miracles and how wonderful that would be. And I would have so much faith <laughs> if I was there with Christ. And, and, you know, and, 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 he, and he was there and, and things were happening. Well, let's see what happened. In verse, uh, Matthew 17, verse 14. And when they had come to the multitude, a man came to him, kneeling down to him and saying, so Matthew 17, verse 15, Lord, have mercy on my son, for he is an epileptic and suffers severely, for he often falls into the fire and is often into the water. So I brought him to your disciples but they could not cure him. Now, this is after where Christ actually sent them out, and they were curing people. But, this, but, but at this point, they say, 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 say he, he has all this stuff happening to him, so I bring him to your disciples, and they can't do it. They can't cure him. And you can't tell me they didn't believe, Jesus, believe in Jesus because he was right there. <laughs> they were with Jesus. They saw the miracles. But they weren't exhibiting faith. And he explains this. And Jesus answered and said, O faithless and perverse generation, how, how long shall I be with you? How long shall I bear with you? Bring him here to me. And verse 18, And Jesus rebuked the demon, and it came out of him. And the child was cured from that very hour. And the disciples came to Jesus privately and said, and probably... That's the question I would ask, right? A question we would, all of us would ask. It's like, why can we not cast it out? <laughs> what are we doing wrong? And so, 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 so Christ answers. So Jesus said to them, because of your unbelief. And in, this, in, this, in a sense, belief, 
your, your, your lack of faith. For assuredly I say to you, if you have faith as a mustard seed, you will say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move, and nothing will be impossible to you. And again, mustard seed, very small. So you have just a little bit of faith, and you can move a mountain. You can move a mountain. And so if we think faith is just, just merely belief, right? It's just demons believe. You know, those who say to me, Lord, Lord, uh, you know, that's not what I'm looking for. So what is God looking for in faith? He's looking for diligence, devotion, you know, those who diligently seek God. Because he gives, he gives a clue. He tells them in verse 21. He says, however, right, talking about this, this demon that was in this boy. So, however, this kind does not go out except by prayer and fasting. So, if you have faith, again, I, I don't think, you know, if they would have liked to stop right then and say, hold on, hold on, hold on, we're going to go pray and fast and we'll be back to you. No, this is something that you're doing, right? This is, this is your life. This is the way you're living, right? And Christ was living, a, his, his entire life was perfect. And he was praying, he was fasting, he was to the Father, perfect faith. And, that, and, and, that's, and, that's what, and that was the difference, right? They didn't have the prayer, they didn't have the fasting, they didn't have the diligence, and their faith was lacking. Because do I believe God's heals? Absolutely, I believe God's heals. You know, we were talking in the prayer request earlier of cancer, and trying to mention cancer, it's like, yeah, I had cancer, but I had it 15 years ago. God healed me of it. Completely gone. God heals. I believe it, but the demons believe it. There's a lot of people out there who believe God heals who don't have faith. True faith is the diligence. True faith is that devotion, giving everything you have to Christ. And a portion of this type of faith, the true faith, can move mountains. He's telling them that true faith results in these things, right? So, so just having belief, if I believe or I want to do like a Jedi mind trick, right? Oh, I want to move a mountain, you know, and I've tried, believe me, I've sat, I've, I've actually sat around, you know, I'm sorry, I've sat around, I sat on the table, I, I like, you know, not a mountain, but maybe I put like a pencil on the table, I was like, move, 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 and didn't do nothing, right, because that was, that was you know, I'm, you know, again, I did it when I was much younger, but again, that's not what he's talking about, so it's, so it's not this kind of like, it is faith that moves mountains, the diligence that moves mountains, Right? Faith will move mountains. Faith will do it. Because if I believe a mountain needs moving, right, I'm a follower of Christ, I'm going to go move it. <laughs> Even if i got to get a shovel and dig it <laughs> and move it. That's the kind of faith that God wants from us. We get things done. And, I, and again, I'm talking to people who get things done. So I think that's why God has given us this opportunity for this building, for the, to grow this congregation, 
and for, for the things we can do here. Because it's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot, of more, a lot more parties than that one painting party. It's going to take a lot of parties. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take a lot of devotion to reach out to the community, to share what Christ has done for you with others. It's going to take a lot of faith. So why is faith important to God? Because it's his nature. He created everything. Think of all the faith it took to create the world, to design us, and to create children. Faith is the starting point of transforming our lives, of making us into his image. We need to practice our faith to be true disciples, and I would say true fanatics, right? True fanatics for our candidate, Jesus Christ, and hopefully he'll come soon.